Chris Chow's. Welcome back to the show, baby. And you know what? To start off the show, we got some news. Our boy Chris Kennedy will no longer be with the with the podcast with the, with the fantasy headliners. So I mean, he did a lot of the great work for us. He was my boy. So I'm gonna you know bid him a farewell and uh you know Godspeed, buddy. And hopefully, if you're listening now, our paths will cross once again. And I mean, what can I say? We'll miss you, buddy. So here you go. We got Jake, we got Kyle in the house. What's going on, fellas? Hey, what's going on there? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate him for everything he's done here over the years. Uh, for sure. Uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where, where things just happen throughout uh, life and they go on and, you know, wish him nothing but the best. But yeah, it's a it's another podcast show. Looking forward. I got I got a winner for a Bluetooth speaker today, Chow. Oh, so we're going to be giving baby. that away here in just oh, a few baby. minutes. Oh, baby. What's going on, Kyle? It's storming outside my house right now. So oh, wow. if I... It, it is storming like crazy here, too. My house was rattling earlier because the thunder was so heavy. Yeah, that's what it feels like here right now. What, what, no rain for you, Chouse? No, we've been we've been drenched all month, man. It's it's I don't know. The weather system is coming. So we're you haven't had to prop up any trees lately. No, nah, man, it was freaking one week event. Apparently, I had to tie that thing down. So hopefully it's going to stay up this time. Stay mm-hmm. erect. Sounds like you tied it tight. I did. I wrap you, things. I wrap things very tight. You are a man say, who's there's a, one good, one thing that Jaws is good at wrapping things and keeping them erect. That's keeping right. Keeping them erect and that's tight. Right. Can I give away a speaker before this? Give gets away this. Okay. We're we told everybody. I mean, I think it's probably about two months ago now. You leave us a five star review here on iTunes, Spotify. We're gonna randomly select somebody for a Bluetooth, a custom JBL Bluetooth speaker. And the winner is none other than Edgar Pacheco, who I've already going to reach out through email and Eddie get his P. information. But Eddie P getting himself a custom Bluetooth speaker. Eddie, man, you got yourself a, a beauty, a dandy of a speaker over there. But, you know, congratulations. Good stuff. Good stuff. That's right. I mean, I kind of wanted to keep it for myself, but that wasn't the deal. So I'm I giving it to Eddie. To, I might try to steal that in uh, transit. Good luck. There's a lot of boxes to try to track it down. <laughs> well, congratulations, Eddie boy. You got yourself a nice speaker, but I mean, you know, it's, it's been quiet. You know why it's quiet? Cause you know, NFL training camps about to kick off in a couple of weeks. Everybody is trying to keep their ACLs and their Achilles intact at this point. But you know, it's funny. I was, I was looking at the news today and this one, this one came off, uh, you know, as a pretty big storyline is the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They came out saying they will not entertain paying Deontay Johnson $20 million plus a season, something like uh, Terry McLaurin got. They said, no way, no how, we won't be doing this. And it's kind of funny. So I started going back into Pittsburgh uh, history because, you know, we all know they're unbelievable at drafting and developing their wide receivers. And this is reminiscent of the Antonio Brown, Mike Wallace situation where they didn't want to pay Mike Wallace. And they said, you know, we're going to stick and buck the trend. We're going to go with a B. And everyone was saying, what the hell are you talking about? How can you pay Mike Wallace, uh, uh, Antonio Brown over Mike Wallace? And now you got the cupboards. They're still kind of stocked. You got Claypool. You got Pickens now as your rookie. You draft that Calvin Austin, speedy little, uh, you know, mighty mouse who could potentially take the slot. I mean, okay, so the conversation needs to be had here is, is Deontay going to be that free agent? Are the Steelers making the wrong choice, et cetera, et cetera? Because 
I think that he could be worth $20 million. But I mean, the dropping problems, the way the quarterback situation, I mean, there's a lot going to be happening in Pittsburgh. A lot to talk about for sure. I think the the crazy thing to think about is we know Pittsburgh doesn't spend a lot of money re-signing players. Not very often anyway. I mean, it's very few and far between. But when you look back at even Antonio <laughs> the Brown. The last time it happened was Antonio Brown. Brown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that didn't quite turn out so well. But even back then with Antonio Brown, look at the wide receivers' salaries and how they were different then compared to now. It seems like they are so inflated that all of a sudden they're having to pay that $20 million a year. And, and honestly, I don't see them them doing it. I, I I like Deontay Johnson. I think he's a solid wide receiver. I think a lot of people are also going to hope for the production in 2022 that we've seen over the past couple of years. It's a different quarterback, different situation. No telling who Mitchie Biscuits or uh, uh, Kenny Pickett's going to lock onto. I mean, it could be Chase Claypool. I talked about Chase Claypool earlier in the week. He could be one of those guys like, what if? What if we're all wrong on Chase Claypool and he's the guy this year? I mean, we saw, you know, Jordan Addison really explode in college with Kenny Pickett on the deep ball. Do we see Kenny Pickett early? And do we see that at some point with Claypool? There's just so many scenarios, so many what ifs. I think that the uh, the cupboards are still full enough that we probably wouldn't even see the blip on the radar if Deontay Johnson were to leave at the end of the year. I don't, I and I don't think they're going to try to resign him. I don't, I don't think it's going to be one of those things where, I mean, if the deal is right, I'm sure they'll bring him back, but just spending that pick on pickens. And I I mean, you're gonna have to pay Kenny Pickett and five-ish years if he's really, really good. Maybe you have to sign him to that extension even sooner. So, and that's not something you've really had to worry about because you know, Roethlisberger has been under his big deal, but you're gonna have to pay Pickett big bucks. So it's just one of those things where risk reward i mean there was a risk reward factor with antonio brown right best receiver in the league big time playmaker he made everyone around him on the field better maybe not because of him but because of his talent um i i don't really think deontay johnson's the same way he's he's good he's not like antonio brown good slash great though and they'd have to pay him more than what they paid antonio brown yeah yeah they'd have to i mean they'd have to pay him in line with what these other guys are getting and to me, thanks, thanks to DJ. Thanks to DJ Chark, man. He raised up all of everybody's wide receiver money. And Christian Kirk. And Christian mm-hmm. Kirk. Who That's did right. I say? You said DJ Chark. I know okay. you yeah, meant I meant I meant, D- I, meant Kirk. D- I meant Kirk. You know, it's been a long day. Well, I knew what you meant because as soon as you said it, I was thinking Christian yeah. Kirk. I yeah, didn't I mean, even think we exactly. blame Christian Kirk for everything this year. That's right. And we're going to continue because that's bullshit. You know that Pittsburgh is going to have to pay Najee too. You think yep. and they're going to let mm-hmm. Najee go out the door? No, they won't. He's got, what, another three years before that fifth-year option? Oh, and I mean, man. Do you think they pay Najee, though? I mean, they didn't want to pay I think they, they pay Najee. I think they pay Najee. I you really do. do. Yeah. I think it depends if he has any major injuries over that sure. time span. Yeah. I think if he's dealing with any type of injuries or wear and tear or something major towards the end of that, I could see them saying, thank you for your service, but you are no longer needed. But I think if he stays healthy, I think I think I see them resign him as well. But they're going to have to be super careful. They can't be giving this kid 300, 350 touches a year and expect him to have a whole lot left, you know, going into that fifth year. Yeah, and I mean with or Deontay, do they just and, use him up and then they don't pay him. Uh, use him and they, abuse him, I guess. I don't know. That's what that's what they do. So in let Pittsburgh, me ask apparently. this then, real quick. So Deontay Johnson, I mean, we get a few weeks into the season. Maybe Pittsburgh's season's not going the way that they would like it to. Prime trade candidate right there, and I'm sure there's going to be a team looking for a dynamic playmaker. So let's say we get a couple weeks into the season, few weeks into the season, where would Deontay Johnson possibly go? Mm. 
That's an interesting one because I was just looking at next year's draft class for wide receivers and it's not as abundant. We've been spoiled the last two years. So there will be a market for players like him. So maybe they, I don't know, man, maybe and it would give a team a chance to try and get a contract done with him before he hits free agency too. Mm -hmm. Or you do a a tag and trade maybe too. That could happen. That is very intriguing to think about. I think we kind of, in order for that to happen, we have to look at a Steelers team that is like, you know, five games in and they're 0 and 5 and they're getting blown out. Like, I, I don't, I just don't know if it happens. I don't think the Steelers are going to be bad enough for that to happen, personally. I still think they're going to be good enough. They're going to be winning ball games. They may not be pretty. They may be in a different way, but I still see the Pittsburgh Steelers as a contender in this division. They're just not a front runner anymore. But that's just the thing. Maybe it's not one of those things where, yeah, okay, they're not super bad, but the Browns have bounced back. Maybe they're playing really well. Cincinnati's still the top there. Ravens balling out. You know, they look like a different team now that they're healthy. I mean, realistically, they could be 500-ish, and they could be last in their division, maybe a game or two under and be last in their division just because of how good the other teams around them could potentially be. I still think there's some question marks on the offensive line. I know that they tried to upgrade it. I know Pittsburgh fans will try to tell you that it's going to be one of the best offensive lines in the league, or that's how they act sometimes. No, don't, don't kill me, Steelers fans. Okay, calm no, down out but there. Speak if you're facts, listening right Steelers, now, calm down. speak facts, Steelers Nation. I mean, that's not truth, man. You guys will be you guys will be different. I mean, it's more of a run heavy protecting offensive line than it was last year, but I don't know if I can say best. I mean, damn. How about this? So now that Terry has re-signed and you're looking at some of the contract year players, Mm. aside from Deontay Johnson, how much money is DK Metcalf going to make? A lot. I I see a lot, yeah. He could – it will not surprise me if he challenges to be the highest paid wide receiver in football. Now, does he deserve that? That's a different story. But I think it's just the way that the league works. Yeah, yeah. And the way this thing – in football right now or ever the largest free agent deal for a wide receiver ever yes yes well if te- yeah i mean if terry's not that i agree with anyone no no yeah. and I get it. <laughs> not that it's i just, would pay him <laughs> it's it's inflation is what it is exactly and, and we know all about that but i mean it's yeah it's a i don't know man i mean if you're talking who's the who's on the free agent list it's dk it's deontay who else is in there um that list see. up Michael and these Hardman. contract year players brought to you by the 2022 Fancy Headliners Fancy Football Draft Guide. You can That's order right. yours now at thefancyheadliners.com. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, we got Debo still, technically. Okay. Yeah. He still Juju. hasn't rescinded his trade either. Yep. Juju's gonna only on a one-year deal. Meh. And so is, so is your boy DJ Chark that you just mentioned. Yeah, okay. Outside of that, like those are the, the Miko Hardman. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah, some yeah. guys that high-end I mean, guys. That's it, though. And I mean, with like I was saying, with a draft class that isn't yeah, overly it's command abundant, even more money. Oh my god! Because you got Jackson Smith and the Jigba. I mean, Addison, uh, Kayshawn Butte, and I mean Josh Downs. I mean, those are your top runners right now. Outside of that, these guys got a lot to prove in in college this year. So if and I, you know it feels kind of top heavy with those names, like some really good names. Huge. And then names. all of a sudden, after that, it's kind of like whoosh. Yeah, that's it. Like not this like year. this year where it felt like kind of really tiered where you had some really good names. You had good names. You had names, you know, could perform like even last year, down. last year in this year's drafts for yeah. receivers was absolutely stacked. Next year. It's not so much. You're going to have top five and then you're going to say, okay, 
who's going to show out to be the next guy. So yeah, man, when you're talking DK money, Deontay, good luck to you, buddy. Cause I don't know if you're getting DK money. I don't think so. I mean, unless but Deontay Johnson doesn't sign his deal, knowing that DK Metcalf goes to free agency because he's not going to want to play with the market forever. So DK Metcalf is going to go to free agency. DK Metcalf is going to go get potentially the largest contract ever for a wide receiver. And then now Deontay Johnson's going to be like, all right, I'm next up. Let's yep. go. He's totally waiting. He's totally going to be signed. I wouldn't sign afterwards. if I were him. I'd wait. If D if DK Metcalf signs, then I think about it. Like if, if Seattle were to get a deal done with him, I'd think about it, but if not, so I'm holding eight, out. I want 80, DK to 84, sign a free agent deal. $84 million over four years for Christian Kirk. I mean, so you're telling me Steelers, <laughs> you're telling me Steelers that's not Deontay money? I is mean, that, it is, is Deontay, that Deontay money, money? I can't see him paying it. Someone's going to pay it. Somebody will pay it. Oh, yeah, someone will, 100%. I, I mean, I, I feel like he should be in that neighborhood, but I feel like he's going to think that he needs more. Where does he go? That is the question Kyle posed, and I'm curious because I'm sitting here trying to ponder and think, where could he go? That would make a lot of sense. And and I struggle right now. Be in Green Bay, maybe if Aaron Rodgers is still there, but outside of that, I mean, I really struggle to place this man. Hmm. I'm well, looking. It'd be like, where would he go? Wait, did you say DK? No, or Deontay. 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 Yeah, I mean, in a trade, if the Packers are like right there and they're like <laughs> Christian Watson isn't working out like he's not the guy everyone thought he was going to be this year you know Randall Cobb his old body's breaking down Alan Lazard is out there running with cement around his feet I mean the Packers would be like they'd be stupid to not try and make a deal but do we have any idea who's going to have a ton of cap money next year the Jags I believe Again, oh, yeah, just Again. keep signing. Just keep bringing everybody. To, we'll find somebody that works. That's it. I mean, Chicago is going to need somebody else. Chicago's Ooh. a good spot. I, Chicago's a good spot. Yeah, I like Chicago with Darnell Mooney. I like Give that. Justin yes. Fields somebody else. I like that. You know, but I, I don't like think that. they're going to be contenders trading for him this year. See, so for Green for Green Bay, it's tough because you you let Devontae go for, and he signs his twenty eight point five million dollar deal or twenty eight point two million dollar deal, and then you're going to go out and pay Deontay twenty one. Yeah. I struggle with Green Bay because they don't pay anybody either. They're like either. the the Steelers, right? So, yeah, Chicago Chicago sounds nice. I mean, that's the just going through the list like that's the one that kind of stood out to me is I wouldn't mind him in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Now, when you look at all these teams, where do you want DK to go next year? That's a different question. Well, I know Chicago is going to have a ton of money next year, right? They will. I'll advocate for DK to Chicago. Okay, I wouldn't mind that Why can't they both go to Chicago? Mooney, DK, Deontay Johnson in the slot, Justin Fields, QB1. Good Lord. I mean, that would be amazing. You just became the Chicago all-time fan. They're going to give you the keys to the city. You, you Do should I totally sound go like Chouse right in the offseason for Buffalo? Yeah, everybody's going to Chicago. That's it, man. You see how it works? You just got to get on the train, and everything works out perfectly fine. You should so tweet that right now. Yeah, do that. DK do and Deontay to Chicago yeah. in 2023. Who says yeah. no? And then okay. send it. Done. No. 100, 100 retweets instantly. I'm not instantly. interested from, in riling up anybody from, from, from the Chicago fan base. That's right. I'm going to elect you president. Oh, man. But you know what? We're talking about what, what Pittsburgh is going to have. I mean, so say Deontay goes. So like I said, Claypool, Pickens, Calvin Austin are going to be your top three wide receivers if they don't draft somebody with 
likely Kenny Pickett being the guy. I mean, as much as I like uh, Mitchie Biscuits, I don't think that he's going to be the long-term answer in Pittsburgh, but hey, I could be wrong. He's still got to prove to me that he can throw left from the pocket, damn it, because you didn't do that in Buffalo either, buddy. But I mean, I could see this with a Calvin Austin who's got some wheels, who's got some, you know, the mighty mouse syndrome. And then you got two big, you know, twin towers on the outside. That's a very different offense in Pittsburgh that we haven't seen because typically they have the speedy, smaller type of guys. That would be kind of interesting for Kenny Pickett to, you know, work around. Well, maybe it's more like we've seen from Kansas city and Baltimore recently where your wide receiver two isn't a wide receiver. It's mm. at the muse, the muse, the tight end. The instead. So then you've got Claypool as your one potentially, and then Muth is going to be the guy getting a lot of those second targets there. And then, you know, Pickens in and out, having good games here and Very there. Possible. Very possible. I, I still feel like a lot of people dislike Chase Claypool. And I don't really I know st- why. I still kind of I still kind of do too, though. But I understand, like, okay, he's not like greatest wide receiver in the NFL, but he's he's got skills. I'm not down in his skills. I think it's a personality more than anything. And yeah, I think be, it's he, the issues last year. Well, a lot of it has to do because the whole TikTok dancing and all that kind of stuff, too. But when you look at Chase Claypool and what he does well on a football field, that does not translate to the offense that they've run and the skills of Big Ben over the last two years. So true. I feel like he's been held back a little bit more by their offensive play type because they don't go vertical very often. Big Ben couldn't last in the pocket long enough. He couldn't be mobile. He couldn't make things happen as often as usual. So Chase Claypool really didn't benefit from that. A lot of people kind of hopped off the bandwagon, but with Mitchie Biscuits and Kenny Pickett, I feel like they suit the Chase Claypool mold a little bit better. I mean, we saw Mitchie Biscuits with uh, Allen Robinson in Chicago. Was it pretty? No, but he's throwing deep balls, 50-50 balls down the field. That's what we want from Chase Claypool. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it. I think it's good. I think the the tandem is going to work very well there, but there... I don't know why, but I feel like there is a comparable wide receiver to Chase Claypool that really didn't break out until year three. And I'm trying to think of who that is. Say that again. I think you, I, I, you I have a know. comparison for him, but I don't know because there's a lot I, of wide receiver three or year three breakouts. I don't know what it is. I might. I just I would ignore me. OK, if it comes back right, to you, we'll, we'll jump back to this conversation, <laughs> but. Moving right along, we're talking about those Ravens. And this one was kind of interesting to me because the the Ravens beat writer is apparently projecting James Prochet, if you want to be fancy, man. Prochet is in the house as a team's wide receiver, too. And I'm a little shocked at this. Only because, okay, I'm not a hater on Prochet whatsoever, but, I mean, he is kind of that possessional guy. He's got good hands. He can get open. But, you know, losing Hollywood, you think that they would actually go more to the Devin DuVernay, even to a lesser extent, uh, Tylen Wallace. But DuVernay's got those 4-4 four, four wheels, man. And, and for me, he was kind of that, you know, Santana Moss with wheels for me. He's got the strength. He can go over the middle. He can go deep. Is he going to be overly consistent? Maybe, maybe not. But I, I don't think they've given him the clear shake yet. And I think they just want Prochet to be this guy. But that's kind of your... You're, you're messing with, and for a team that says they want to run the ball like they did in two, uh, 2019 with like 600 attempts, plus, I mean, I, I think you still need that deep threat to spread the field and, and pull back that coverage, not stack those boxes, man. Yeah. I mean, I know we just talked about, you know, the team's second best wide receiver option isn't a wide receiver. It's a tight end, kind of what we're talking about here. 
I think that whether it's Prochet, whether it's Duvernay, whether it's Tylen Wallace, whoever it is, I think we're going to see weeks where these guys come out, get six, seven receptions for 115 yards and a touchdown, and everybody's going to hop on the bandwagon and be like, this is the guy. And then we're not going to hear from them for like three weeks. It's kind of just going to be big play dependent. It may work out from an NFL sense if they can make these big plays happen enough and then run like they want to. I think they could find some success, but I don't see either one of those guys as being week in and week out wide receiver threats for opposing defenses to the point to where they're going to command a lot of defensive attention. The attention's still going to be on Bateman. The attention's still going to be in the box and trying to slow down, hopefully, J.K. Dobbins, because I still want J.K. Dobbins to really be a thing this year. I think, yeah, I think it's going to be Rashad Bateman or Mark Andrews, interchange him weekly. Um, and then it's going to be a running back, probably Dobbins. And then, so. after, and then after that, it's going to just kind of be a bunch of guys that are going to have a big week here or there, and that's going to be about it. It's going to be about it. Does it's that going to be messy. Does, does that not fear you guys in the fact that Hollywood's no longer there to stretch the field? I think that changes this offense a lot, mm-hmm. and, and it's going to hamstring them quite a bit if they don't get that vertical threat going to you know keep the defense honest. Yep, and I don't see either one of those guys really being that guy, regardless of speed or whatever they have. I know some of these guys are quick too, but it's just not – it's not the same. I mean, they're going to, it's like MVS, right? MVS can stretch a field, but he struggles catching the football and he struggles, you know, running the, the right routes and timing is there's other things. And that's where I think we're going to have a little bit of an issue in Baltimore. Like sure. They can send them on a go route every single time and try to take the safety off the top and pull some defenders away. But are they going to be actually targeted and thrown to, I don't know if that's going to happen very consistent. I mean, I think we're talking like, less than a handful of targets a game for whoever they do decide to be on the opposite side of Bateman talking about three, four targets a game, maybe, but Dobbins, if it's Gus Edwards, that's back. I mean, I think that I think that Mark Andrews is about to feast more than anything. I I think this could be the year that Mark Andrews could finish as the tight end one overall, just due to the sheer amount of volume. He could see every single, he's kind of like their vertical threat. Mark Andrews is a very big play type tight end. He can stretch the field down the middle of the field and make some big plays happen. And maybe that's the guy that, that really benefits from this. Lamar Jackson could get 3000 rushing yards this year, the way that this offense is, man. Are we smashing the over on Lamar's rushing prop? What is his prop? It's like 9,000. He's it's 950, right? Earlier. It was 950. I'll, think, I'll smash, or 990, I'll something like that. I'll smash hey, let me go over to prize picks. If you sign up right now at <laughs> prizepicks.com or by downloading the app using code word headliners to create your free account, go ahead and deposit a sweet, crispy $20 to start playing with. And you're going to get a free draft guide. That's right. And then we can bet on the prop for Lamar Jackson. I'm just, 950. I'm smashing that over. That's way too low. I'm rocking the, the commercials tonight. Yeah, 950.5. Yeah. It was just under a thousand, my bad. What I'll about Tylen Wallace? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He's got a dropping problem a little, but he's gonna work that out. He's, he's not Hollywood Brown. He's not a field stretcher. No, he's but not. He's got a little Duver- bit of quick burst. He's got that quick twitch. He could do well in the slot. He does. Duvernay's the fastest receiver, I think, outside of Bateman. Duvernay's gonna be Duvernay returning on kicks the outside. Right? Duvernay's gonna be returning kicks. That always worries me. I know. 
I don't. Is he? Like said, is so he, it's, Santa, it's a faster Santana Moss, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, is he like a little bit like Claypool without the size? No. He's not isn't that, isn't that what makes Claypool? Right? Is the size? No. He's he's a small guy. He's yeah. a small. He's guy. a smaller guy. I couldn't remember. Yeah. yeah he's like five nine, five ten. Yeah. He's. Oh tight. yeah. He never mind. He's not like he, run, he runs a nice four four. He's he's fast. He's got some wheels. <sighs> Dare I do it? Because I'm wearing my Bills hat today. Let's talk about my Buffalo Bills, baby. And you know what? You guys got to get used to this shit because, you know, the Bills are the best team in the league by far this year. Uh, the Lombardi trophy says different, but go ahead. It's coming. It's coming. You know, I'm going to get one. I'm going to put it on beside those Bills helmets there when we win. You watch what's going to happen. A replica but... one? That's right. No, the real one. I'm going to steal. <laughs> steal <laughs> I'm going to find real... a way to steal that, too. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get there. But I've been telling you all, man, don't be sleeping on a little James Cook and Bill's beat writers are starting to agree with me as early indications are suggesting, obviously, passing downs were going to be his forte. We all knew this, but they are saying already the Bill's brass is so impressed with James Cook, younger brother of Dalvin Cook, that he could be taking away early down touch in Singletary and the coaching staff ultimately came back and said we still have a lot of faith in Devin Singletary however he is going to need to uh, have, be a little bit more rested so that we can utilize both backs throughout the season this is opening the door baby to what I'm saying the Buffalo Bills offense required speed trustworthy ability in the pass game from their running back and especially to close out ball games baby and this is what James Cook is likely going to give you and subsequently because they got a Duke Johnson Zach Moss is potentially on the trade market already but Who it's quietly Zach Moss exactly poor bastard but I mean James Cook I'm telling y'all get ready and like just Moss. to think at one point in time Zach Moss was better than Joe Mixon. Good lord, that was an actual take on Twitter. It was it'll that. never, it'll never get old. No, I'll never stop bringing it up. I'm, I like James Cook a lot. Mm-hmm. I also like Devin Singletary a lot, and that's sure. the that's my biggest problem is when Singletary got the opportunity at the end of last year, he did something with it. But I feel like he's one of those guys that if he's not committed to, he's not explosive enough quote-unquote explosive enough to just like give it to you every once in a while like i feel like he's got to get into the flow of the game and he's got to make things happen he's got to get 15 touches or so i don't know if he gets that consistently with james cook because james cook is more of the explosive guy out of the two of these and he can make the plays happen on the ground he can catch passes out of the backfield i think it all comes down to this and maybe i'm way overthinking this because i'm i'm not a a bill's you know, super fan. So Chouse, you can tell me if I'm completely wrong here. I think this relies a lot upon the health of Jamison Crowder. Cause I like Jamison Crowder. I know we all like so Jamison Crowder. I like James. If he can fill the Cole Beasley role, I don't think we see as much of the pass catching work to the running backs. If Jamison Crowder can't fill that role or he's hurt all the time, like usual, then I think we see a lot more James cook. So in my opinion, it really comes down to Jamison Crowder and can he fill that Cole Beasley role that we've seen over the past few years? I think it comes down to game script too. I think that they're always winning though. Well, that's just it. Like if we get to the end of games and we're just running the football, I think it's Devin Singletary. I don't think you're going to see James cook and those correct. Those garbage time situations. So, I mean, Devin Singletary has got, and that's what makes this so darn difficult with the Bills this year, right? Is because Singletary had such a great end to the year. The Bills are good enough that they could be or should be leading a majority of games. 
they're good enough that they could blow out some people. They also play in a much different AFC this year too. I True. mean, the AFC is just absolutely loaded now. So they might not run into nearly as many games either. So you, you might get a lot of tie ball games going into the fourth. You're going to see a whole lot of James Cook. Or if you go in down by seven, down by 10, you're going to see a whole lot of James Cook because we know the Bills forte is they're going to be, they're going to be passing it. They're not a running team. They're going to be using that explosiveness. The running is going to come from Josh Allen at that point. So I, I, I think that's what's going to make it even more freaking difficult this year is that we, we don't really know. We don't know what to expect from any of that. Me personally, I really- if I had to take, if I had to take one in a draft, it's probably James Cook, especially if it's PPR, half PPR, something like that. But I wouldn't necessarily sleep on if you didn't start great at running back, grabbing Devin Singletary later on and just having both of them and just waiting to see how it plays out if you got deeper benches. And I wonder if we're going to see a little curtailing of Josh Allen running the ball on scheme plays. I think, you know, obviously the improvisation skills that he's going to have, he's going to you, but I think this adds with a new offensive coordinator. I think he understands how to maximize the talent you have on this offense. So I'm even reading more and more that they're saying dual back sets where they even put cook in the slot where they put dual back sets behind Josh Allen. So now you become that much more multidimensional. I wanted a Travis Etienne. You guys know this more than anybody. I wanted Etienne on the bills last year because of that speed, because that's what this offense was missing. Now, when you have the outlet and I've been saying it, this is, this is a broken record for me. I mean, I've been saying it all off season long before they even drafted a James cook. Do I think that Devin Singletary has value? Absolutely. And I do believe it is scheme-based as well. But once you're in those situations where the Bills are high-powered, moving the ball through the air, James Cook is going to be very difficult to you know keep off the field, like you said, because of a Jamison Crowder, because the potential for Gabe Davis to break free. We all know what Stefan Diggs gives you. Now, who the hell is going to cover a James Cook out of the backfield, especially if it's a slower linebacker who's got poor coverage skills? James Cook is going to eat up that shit all day long, and I'm all here for it. Poor Zach Moss. I mean, poor yeah. Zach Moss. Sucks to be Zach Moss right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Since we're talking about the Bills, mm-hmm. I might as well. How about I, I never hear about a player on this depth chart who I feel should probably get a little bit more recognition, but I don't. I want to hear a Bills perspective on Khalil Shakur. 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 Uh-huh. Shakur. Shakir, 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 Tupac, Tupac, Shakira. Shakira. yeah, it's Tupac's brother, I guess. I don't know, whatever it is. It's to me, it appa- when I've apparently. watched film yeah. on him before, I feel like yeah. he fits this offense really well. I 100%. just don't know how he fits it. It's kind of like Isaiah McKenzie, like, I like when he gets the ball, but I just don't know how we're going to get him the ball. And mm-hmm. when you have a Diggs, a Gabe Davis, a Jamison Crowder, a Singletary, and a Cook, do you think that there's any way that they kind of still? put Shakur in here a little bit at some point this year. We get to kind of see what he can do. I think so. I think this year's red shirt for him uh, outside man, Max, I see him maybe 10 receptions at, at best. And that's garbage time. If the bills are blowing teams out, I mean, he's got a lot like of good kid. skills and he's, yeah, he's great. And he's, he's, his route run appeal is fantastic. His release and separation is good. Hands are great. So for me, it's like almost, he was the, the bet hedging for Jamison Crowder being injured. So if, if Crowder goes down, potentially we see that because, well, I mean, McKenzie is kind of the gadget guy and he might get first crack, but I think if, if Crowder does go down for any strength, uh, uh, amount of time, I should say, then yeah, maybe we do see Shakur come in and, and, and start to make plays, but 
I, I think, you know, depending on maybe that's when they actually keep uh, Cook in the slot more often, too, if he's making plays. But I think this is going to be a redshirt year for for the rookie, Shakir. And just don't forget about Tavon Austin, either. He's still there. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I still remember when I wanted Tavon Austin in that draft when we took EJ Manuel. I was like, oh, man. Man, well, I mean, I guess it didn't really work out. No, it did not. It was equally as bad. <laughs> it was terrible. It was really terrible. But let's move on, man. You talk about, you know, the Seattle Seahawks. Rumor has it they aren't actually interested in Baker Mayfield. I saw this day. I'm like, come on, this can't just be a slow news day, guys. I'm like, are you serious? Why would Seattle not entertain trading for a Baker Mayfield? You're really going to roll with Drew Locke and Gino? Really? They saw the interactions on Twitter the last couple of days with the U.S. Open or whatever it was, the tennis tournament or whatever, and <laughs> Drew Locke. And they saw how Drew Locke responded and got some love for it. So now they're like, all right, we'll just ride with Drew Locke. <laughs> that I, was all right. You can't, you can't hate that. I, I still think that that wouldn't have been a good fit anyway for Baker to go to Seattle. I think Baker in Carolina makes a lot more sense, but apparently that doesn't seem to really be much of a thing either. I think at this point, they're probably just better off going with Drew Locke and hoping they can make something happen. I mean, with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Noah Fant, you know, they got options. Kenneth Walker in the backfield. There's, there's more than enough options there. And hopefully they can figure out a way to just move the ball down the field. Right. But I mean, if you go get a Baker Mayfield, the thing that Baker struggled with the last few years is going deep down the field consistently accuracy issues, Oh, how's that going to work with a DK Metcalf? I mean, we're going to kind of just waste the talent we have anyway in the last year that we possibly have him. So it doesn't really make a lot of sense for me. I still think Carolina is the better spot, but I, I don't know what happens with Baker Mayfield this year. I don't, we may not see him anywhere. We may just see him chilling on the couch. Hostage. hostage. Yeah, maybe. I like him in Seattle more than Carolina because you're wrong. In Carolina, if Christian McCaffrey goes down, they don't really have that guy that your can love step child in. is there. Oh, DJ, yeah, of course. Yeah, DJ love, Moore, of course. Love, I'd love, love it for DJ Moore. Moore. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Love child. I'm trying, I'm trying to leave that out of it right now, Jay. I think but DJ anyway. Moore would be great with Baker Mayfield. Oh, oh yeah. Biased. Yeah, he would be good. 100 percent Would love it. And if Chris, if you told me, Kyle, Christian McCaffrey's healthy all 17 games, yeah, let's go for it. 100 percent But he's just had so many injury issues. The reason I like him a little bit more in Seattle is because now in Seattle, if Penny goes down, you got Kenneth Walker. Uh, obviously, we don't know anything about Chris and Car- Chris Carson now. It feels like right, nothing new has come out about him. Correct? No, or he's he's, he's he's basic. Done. I he's done, man. They're they're right, not giving, but, they're not giving him clearance at all. Yeah, right. So I mean, he won't be around. But you still have like a DJ Dallas. You still got you got a little bit more depth. I feel like in Seattle than what you have over in. Carolina. If you lose yeah. Christian McCaffrey, you really lose your entire offense. If Rashad Penny goes down, you don't really lose your entire offense. If Kenneth Walker goes down, you don't really lose your entire offense. That's why I would like him a little bit more in Seattle because they would have those weapons. Now, the one area that Baker Mayfield has always excelled at at the NFL level is play action. And that's why he was so darn good a couple of years ago when they actually utilized it a lot more than they did this past season in Cleveland. Now, part of the reason last year they had trouble with is because he was hurt basically on every inch of his body. He had a problem, but if he's healthy now, get him in Seattle where they've got a little bit more running back depth. You've got those weapons, get him out on the move. If you're running the football 25 times a game with these guys, he's not going to put up gaudy numbers by any means, but he'd be a lot, a lot better than drew lock for sure. 
I can't. You know, if I can agree with based on the deep ball, because Gino still's got an arm enough to get down the field. But I mean, I don't know, man. All three of them, I, three of them, I got to go Baker right now. Yeah, and speaking of Baker, and you know, we not knowing what's going to happen in Cleveland, but it doesn't. It sounds like no matter what, it's not going to be Baker. It'd be Jacoby Brissett. I have mm. had multiple people this week just straight bash and talk about how, going. <laughs> how trash Jacoby Brissett is. Um, it's apparent really. to me that those people don't know football because right. is he a, is he a, a top tier quarterback? No, absolutely. Oh, no. But he is more than serviceable of being a starting quarterback in the NFL and utilizing weapons. Now is the ceiling of Amari Cooper going to be as high with Jacoby Brissett as it would be with Deshaun Watson? No, absolutely not. But to think that oh, I'm not going to touch anything in, in, in Cleveland because Jacoby Brissett's a crappy quarterback is just, false like that makes no sense and when i see comments like that it just it's a red flag for um, this person just doesn't understand football jacoby Brissett is like tyrod taylor man that's yeah. that's what you're getting from sorry, this who? type of quarterback you know tyrod taylor he's who ty ty who i do ty. not oh, i do ty not say God his name that taylor. way oh. that, that nickname needs to be retired because he has lost it but he's never been serviceable <laughs> yeah. like tom he's brady more, yeah, exactly. But he's more than serviceable. Brissett, like a, like a Tyrod. I mean, you put Tyrod on this Giants offense over Danny Pennies, you're going to see it move a little bit better down the field. I mean, same goes for Brissett. Yes, it's not going to be Deshaun Watson, but look what he was able to do with the Colts. He's going to turn the ball over in bad times. He's got rushing upside. He's somewhat accurate, and he's got an arm. So, I mean, what else do you want from your quarterback? Yeah, and with the running game that they have there anyway, who cares? you got a great offensive line and two stud running backs just – Give him the football and get out of the way. Yeah, you're making basically. Brissett doesn't really turn the ball over that much either. No, for he as, doesn't. He, for as he much really as he doesn't. throws that, I mean, only seven interceptions on almost 500 attempts back in 2017, and then six interceptions on almost 450 attempts mm-hmm. back in 2000. So it doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot either. So, and I think, I mean, back in 2017, was T.Y. Hilton the number one wide receiver for the Colts? Probably. I feel like I have to go check this. T.Y. Hilton and Jack Mother and Doyle, then Dante Moncrief. Anyone remember him? I remember him. (laughs) I tried to like Dante Moncrief. There's something about him I could never like. Well, he couldn't stay healthy. That was the biggest thing. I tried. Maybe it's his name. His name throws you off. I think the biggest issue with Brissett is in his mind, he feels like he's 2015 Cam Newton. Like sometimes he just tucks that ball and runs and he's just not 2015 Cam Newton. And he takes a lot of unnecessary punishment. And like, that's what worries me a little bit. Could, could you imagine if we have a Deshaun Watson suspension and game one of the season, Jacoby Brissett goes out and gets injured and they put Baker Mayfield into the, if he's on the sideline, <laughs> even like, could you just imagine the storyline? And Baker then goes what is, ham. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Yards, and he starts winning. Touchdowns. What happens so. if Baker takes him to the playoffs? Like, how full circle would that be with the whole oh, situation? That would be nuts. Man. Just to circle back real quick, too. So, in 2019, when Brissett started, that was the year. Because the first year that he started, Luck got injured, right? And he ended up missing that almost entire year or that entire year or whatever. The second right. year that he basically started the entire season was when Luck retired out of yeah. nowhere. And that second year that he played that full season, 2019, his number one wide receiver was Zach Pascal. So Jacoby Brissett as a 
quarterback has never had like a legit wide receiver. Well, now he's got Amari Cooper. You've got Amari Cooper there. You've got the downtown God himself. Oh God. No. The people's Jones. All right. No. New nickname, baby. No. I won't Good say Lord. Ty God anymore, but I have to be able to say downtown God. Which one do you want me to go with Charles? I'll let you pick. You, you pick your blasphemous phrases, man. Go ahead. <laughs> You've got David Njoku who we know who has the talent. He's just, it's it's just never really panned out. And of course you got you've got Chubb, you've got Hunt. So he's got a much better supporting cast than what he did as a starter the last two times. Heck, I think David Bell's gonna be a better option than Zach Pascal was for him. Yeah, David Bell in the slot. Heck yeah. Much better option. So to say we're not saying Jacoby Brissett is going to be a number one tight end, but he's not quarterback. He doesn't play tight end. Number one quarterback. I got tight ends (laughs) on the mind. He's not gonna be a number one quarterback. But I certainly don't think he's worse than Baker Mayfield. And I certainly think he's better than injured Baker Mayfield from last year. Nobody's going to put out the heart like a Jacoby Brissetti was playing with his thumb thumb falling off in New England. So, I mean, you can't, you got to always put that in there, man. Heart is everything. Yep. Agreed. Speaking of interesting topics, I mean, what other, what other podcasts can you listen to where you talked about Zach Pascal and Dante Moncrief in the same segment? There none. isn't one out there. No, That's there isn't. Right. We dig deep for the good stuff, man. But really, speaking of digging deep, those Jacksonville Jaguars, they're trying to promote themselves because eventually they want to play in London. I understand, but the rumor has it that Trevor Lawrence. He's been doing some good things, man, making progress in pre-snap reads, checks, and all that shit, and making faster <laughs> decisions to exploit the defense, you know? So, I mean, I know, Jake, you're not really too high on Mr. Lawrence, so I'm curious, man. You're too uh, jump for TL. Is this all hype train, or is it, you know, because Urban Meyer is no longer there to fuck him up, and he's going to actually do some hey, good things? You, you, you just listed all the things that he's improved on this offseason, yes. right? Have you seen it? I have not. I'm okay, then. very much intrigued <laughs> to see it. Argument over. I haven't seen it yet. I mean, they can talk all they want to, and I'm not saying oh, we bad... need to spec it. We need to speculate. <laughs> we got to fill some time here. Okay, fine. Well, I don't think he, I never said he's like, he's not a bad quarterback. I just felt no, like no. there's no way that he could live up to the hype that he was bringing with him to the NFL. Going mm-hmm. to a franchise like he went to, who's just known for just screwing things up. And that's the biggest issue is it's not just the talent of Trevor Lawrence, but look at just his situation in his rookie year and the the back and forth stuff with Urban Meyer and changing coaches and changing offenses and changing players. And now all of a sudden they're signing everybody in their mother that's like second tier during free agency. And it's they're just not setting him up to succeed. So even if he does take a step forward, is he going to have enough around him to go out there and be like, oh, yeah, like. He's got it. He just needs more pieces. Like, I still haven't seen that. Like, I, it just seems that it's not a skill, you know, skill issue. It's like a decision-making issue. It's a mental issue. He always had top-tier talent. He always had the ability to just go out there and just kind of wing it, right, in in college. And he it always worked because he was surrounded by top-tier players. It's Jacksonville. You know what I mean? Like, he just can't make things happen with, with what he's got. So can he this year? 100%. I expect him to be improved over his rookie year. Is it going to be enough for me to be like, this dude is the future of the league? I don't think so. Like, I I just don't have that feeling when I watch him like we had with Joe Burrow when he first came into the league. It's just two totally different, you know, mindsets for me. And I, in, in my opinion, Trevor Lawrence just is nowhere even close to that level. 
Well, I think the reason you like Burrow so much more is because of that confidence he carries. You don't you don't really hear that from Lawrence. Like you don't, you don't hear anything from him. Yeah, he's very which isn't bad. No. He reminds me in Andrew of Andrew Luck in that way. Mm-hmm. He's very he feels quiet, kept to himself. He doesn't feel like he needs to say a whole lot. From a leadership perspective, I don't know how he is on the team. I mean, you would see Luck get fired up on the football field uh, and everything like that. But, you know, very subdued, very quiet, press game conferences, things like that. I mean, Luck had what? He, he had a flip phone for basically his entire NFL career. Like, he wouldn't <laughs> even upgrade. Like, it, that's what Trevor Lawrence kind of reminds me of, just with longer hair and probably surfs on the weekend where – Andrew Luck, you know, he goes out and hunts and blinds and eats deer jerky. So it's just a couple of different types of, of Warcraft. <laughs> it plays for <World> Warcraft. <laughs> yeah. So I, that is kind of like Joe Burrow is, I mean, he exudes confidence, right? He's, he's confident and he's kind of cocky, but he's not like in your face with it. Like he just, he knows he's good. He knows his team is good. He trusts his team. He trusts the guys around him. I don't think Lawrence ever had that last year. Lawrence didn't get an opportunity to trust anyone. He didn't get an opportunity for anyone to become his guy. DJ chart got hurt really early in the season. So that bond right there kind of disappeared. Uh, they tried to bring in Dan Arnold, who still isn't a thing. Ooh. Oh, wait, no, they trade. Wait, which way did he go? Which way did he go? Wait, did they trade <laughs> him or trade for him? They traded for him, for right? Him. For yeah, him. that's right. Last year. So they traded for him. I got super confused there for a second. So they traded for him. They tried to bring Dan Arnold in and they, they tried Fail. to make him a thing, and it, it kind of Failed. fizzled out there. And James he had Robinson, one good play. James, you know, Travis Etienne, <laughs> you know, his teammate ends up getting hurt early in the season. So that he just didn't have that opportunity. And Chouse, you already said it. Urban Meyer's gone. So he's already better. <laughs> I totally. mean, this entire team's already better without Douche Myers on the sideline there. So to me, it's just about having that offseason, having that offseason with Etienne. Having that offseason now with new wide receiver Christian Kirk, uh, having Marvin Jones still there, really getting into the depths of the offense. I feel like last year they still had like some COVID type protocols that they were going through that was keeping things from being like fully in person or what have you. And th- so they probably had some workouts that were still limited. I mean, he he gets a real like true offseason this year with his teammates. So I think that's the biggest thing is he's got to have that confidence. He's got he's got to have confidence in his teammates and him himself. And if he gets that, I think we're going to see a big step forward. I don't know if they have the team around him though, to be like Joe Burrow year one to year two that I, I don't, I don't think at all could happen, but he could take a reasonable step forward and, and, and be good this year. You know, his best game last season for me was week four against the Bengals where they almost pulled that one out and they let it slip through their fingers at the end of the game and lost by that field goal. But that's where Joe or uh, Joe Burrow. That's where Trevor Lawrence looked the, the most decisive. Seventeen of twenty-four for two hundred four. I remember this game vividly because I believe it was a Thursday night football game, and he was at that point the he caught my eye to say, "Okay, now he's starting to figure things out. Now he's starting to get it. Now he's starting to you know feel himself a little bit." Whoa, whoa, whoa. I said what I said and I meant it, but everything fell off the man after that. And I don't understand. We saw like multiple three picks, you know, poor decision making, underthrows, timing was off. 
everything went to shit after that game. And I mean, wh- whether it was, you know, Urban Meyer being feeling the pressure to win a contest because they were 0-4 at that point, and the, the season might have been different if they were 1-3 if they beat the Bengals in Week 4. But I do love Travis Etienne coming back in this offense because they have the chemistry, because, you know, that's his, that's his buddy. That's his go-to. He's going to be able to know where he is at all times, and I think that's going to be the X factor. So the confidence building and the checkdowns, hopefully that's going to build him up a little bit. But, yes, I do want to see it in training camp before I anoint him anything, Mr. Sunshine with the locks. But, hey. No, I mean, I'll, at I'll... this point, if he stays in Jacksonville for the majority of his career, I think you're going to look and see not number one overall like guys in the past, like a Cam Newton or something like that, where it's like dudes were just like transcendent type players. He's probably closer to Alex Smith and people are not going to love that. Dirty. You're doing them dirty. Now, like he leaves and he might go somewhere and he might play well and, and, and be good and things of that nature, but he's just, he's never, he's never going to be the guy. He's not going to be Carson Palmer. He's not going to be Carson Palmer or all of a sudden he just like explodes at some point in time and has, he's probably closer to Alex Smith where he has a few good years, but it's got to be in the right spot. Yep. And I, I sum it up this way for Jacksonville, no quarterback in the NFL had more dropped passes by his receivers than Trevor Lawrence, Facts. 40, 43 of them. Yep. What did they do in free agency? They brought in two guys with drop issues in yes. Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram. Like Perfect. that to me just that to me just sums up the whole thing. Like the, the disconnect is just there mm-hmm. to where I kind of like the Alex Smith analogy. Slightly different situation. I think that it's not so much on Lawrence's side as much as I don't our, our big name. I'm talking like serious free agents, not second tier guys. Are they ever going to choose Jacksonville to go there? I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I don't know if they ever get like those high profile guys to really help take him to the next level. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joe Burrow has a T Higgins. He has a Jamar Chase. Is Trevor Lawrence ever going to get that in Jacksonville? I, I seriously question that. And it could last for many, many years. If he has a huge breakout, maybe, but it's going to take something crazy for people to say, hell yeah, I want to go play with, but there's so many good young quarterbacks in the league. They can right go now. everywhere. They yeah, can. it's it, it's not the same thing where it was like maybe five or six years ago where, yeah, I want to go play with Trevor Lawrence. It's now I want to go play with Kyler Murray. I want to go play with Joe Burrow. I want to go play with, you know, who knows? It unless, might still be Tom tra- Brady unless in they, five years. Unless they trade for a wide receiver kind of like the Bills did with Diggs and company, and they just, you know, that's the only other way you can do that. Deontay Johnson. There you go. I mean, they're signing people with dropping sheets. Yeah, there you go. Deontay Johnson. Yeah, dropping, lead the league in drops because that's, right. that's what's good. But like I said, training camp is coming. I'm excited, man. I'm so excited. I love me some NFL offseason. It's coming to an end. Fantasy talk is going to be abundant very, very shortly. The training camp stories, man. This one I love the most because I'm going to be glued to the set because, you know, these damn chargers, it's going to be the Buffalo Bills and the LA Chargers. This is my offseason prediction in the AFC Championship this year. But, hey, it is early. But... Austin Eckler and huh? Who wins though? The Bills, of course. Yeah, of course, of course, the Bills win. Of course, come on, that's blasphemous too. We're going to this. We're going to the show. But Austin Eckler and Isaiah Spiller, this battle to me is going to be interesting. Obviously, we understand that Eckler is not going to get out battled for RB one duties. But these two individuals are so similar in so many skill sets that it's going to be very interesting in how the Chargers move forward with these two. I know that they want to curtail Eckler's touches, 
keep them healthy, keep them out of the medical room. That's going to not necessarily impact your fantasy stock on Eckler because he's so bloody efficient when with the ball in his hand anyway. But Spiller does everything that they require for that RB2 that they've been dying for. The Roundtree didn't work. The Kelly didn't work. The Justin Jackson was subpar. You're, you got yourself two thoroughbreds in the backfield now with a Justin Herbie. I mean, if I'm a Chargers fan, you're definitely shooting your juices all over the screen because I'm excited for you guys, man. That's that's what that says. Yeah, no, I, I get totally the agree. And when you look at the touches last year for Eckler, he had 276. In my opinion, that's about 50 too many. I, I'd like to see him closer to that 225 every year because as the volume will decrease, the efficiency will somewhat increase because he's going to be fresher. Hopefully we get him for an entire season. We don't have missed games, so on and so forth. But with the other names that you talk about, Larry Roundtree and Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly, all those touches can go to Isaiah Spiller, and he could still be one of those guys that goes out and gets right around 150 this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe isn't overly fantasy relevant, but really helps the Chargers win ball games, and over time just gets more and more of a role. And all of a sudden, the Chargers and the backfield of Eckler and Spiller turn into exactly what you see in Green Bay with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And I think with Isaiah Spiller, too, I don't think we're going to see, like, one of those traditional split backfields where it's like, oh, Spiller is going to come in in the goal line, or, oh, Spiller is going to be, like, the third down back or anything. I think Spiller is going to come in for an entire drive. I think you're going to see – I don't think you're going to see, like, Eckler leave, like, every other drive. I don't think it's going to be 50-50. But if Eckler goes out and plays the first two drives, maybe the first drive's a little bit on the shorter side. Second drive, they go out, have a big drive down the field. You're going to see Isaiah Spiller play the entire third drive. So I think you're going to see Austin Eckler missing for an entire drive at times, and I think that's going to scare people away a little bit. And they're going to be like, oh, we're only going to say they're going to be like – he didn't play the entire third drive, and it's going to freak people out. But again, mm-hmm. too, that might only lead to one, two less touches a drive or something like that. So maybe, yeah, you're looking at 10 less touches a game. Not necessarily a bad thing. Maybe it doesn't pit him as the RB2 this year. Maybe it's the RB5. But, you know, the big thing for me is I want to see him used at the goal line like he was last year, you know, doing everything they did in the passing game and the running game letting him do those things at the goal line. That's where Eckler is going to keep his value if they do that. And I think he's going to keep those because again, I don't think you're going to see Isaiah Spiller come in all of a sudden and be like, gosh, darn it. Like, here we go off at the goal line again. Now I'm going to miss out on that touchdown. No, if Eckler's in the game, Eckler's going to be the goal line back that drive. If he's not, he's not. So you're going to know it's coming. Dare I bring thing. up. Go ahead. No, so that's the thing is because they're not just going to all of a sudden substitute Spiller in for Eckler on the goal line because Eckler gives you another dimension on the goal line because now you have to pay attention to the running game and the passing game out of the backfield because, yep. I mean, that's just the way. He, and plus, you're talking about a high-tempo high offense. If they get down inside the red zone and they're moving the ball quick, they're not going to slow everything down to make substitutions. They're keeping whoever's in the game at that time. And if it's Eckler at that time, great. If it's Spiller, it's going to be Spiller's turn. But there, there should be plenty of opportunities for both of them to get enough touches to be viable. Dare I say, dare I say it, it is what? July 5th. Oh, no. <laughs> dare I say it. Like they can they can coexist like a Nick Chubb and a Kareem Hunt in the same offense, Wait, even like though who? they are. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. 
They can coexist in this offense the similar way that those two coexist. And the only reason why I say that is because you don't have the overly dynamic ability at the wide receiver position outside of Keenan Allen and Mike, uh, Mike Williams. And we know that Mike Williams tends to fade off from time to time. And that's when that offense began to sputter. So now do you entertain pulling a double dual back set kind of like I was saying about the Buffalo Bills but even more glorious because Eckler and Spiller are two better running backs together than you would say Singletary and James Cook would be but these two individuals have that mirror skill set where either one of them can catch the ball either one of them can break a tackle either one of them is going to get chunk yards either one of them can take it to the house at any uh, possible time I think this opens up so many possibilities for this Chargers offense to be something different than they haven't been. And I'm like I said, Chargers fans get the Windex because you're going to be, you know, scrubbing that screen all Sunday long. Do we think we're going to see a Chargers team that might lead the lead the league and will actually be one of the lowest, like one of the lowest in in terms of time of possession this year because they are going to be up to the line, going, going, a lot of no huddle stuff calling plays in two or three plays in advance, letting Justin Herbert really take the next step of, you know, calling what he sees at the line and things of that nature, you know, and, and like Jake just said, you know, they're going to be fast paced. So they're not going to want to slow things down to substitute in and out. I mean, let them, let them go at it. They've got a lot of playmakers on this team. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, people don't talk enough about Jalen Guyton or Joshua Palmer. Both Palmer. Of those guys are good. Wide Gerald receiver threes. Now. Yep, Gerald Everett's there now. He's a playmaker at the tight end position. They're not trying to beat you with defense, and they're not trying to run on you. The LA Chargers this year are going to try and embarrass you every single time that they play you. They're not gonna. They're not gonna leave it till the fourth quarter against Las Vegas this year. Every game that they play, they want to have enough points up by the fourth quarter that they can just go out and say, "We're gonna go put up more." That's just that's the only thing that they have to worry about at that point. And the defensive additions this year is going mm. to allow them to potentially run the ball more in those fourth quarter games when they have a lead, something they couldn't do in the past. So that defense is only going to help out the likes of Isaiah Spiller and and Austin Eckler. Yeah, and get them more possessions to get that ball back in their hands. Good lord, Charger fans, I don't like you because this is our year. I'm Stop on the bandwagon. Stop, so am I, and it sucks, but hey. They're good. What can you say? But you know what? Let's let's play a little game. As of today, who is the safer bet? And I think it's interesting. I mean, it's early, obviously, so things will definitely change. Injuries come, signings come, everything happens. Zach Wilson or Justin Fields? Who is the safer play? Zach Wilson. He's got more weapons. Um, I got to say Zach Wilson. Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson. I don't think the tight ends that they signed get enough credit there with Conklin. Uh, mm. You know, going coming over there and CJ, who's your mama? I love that with Brees Hall and Michael Carter. Sorry, Justin Fields, but they are just setting you up to fail there in Chicago. Yep. Agreed. Couldn't agree more. I mean, but Zach's got to show it, man. So I, I oh, he's like, going to Zach Wilson. I think so too. He's I mushroom stamp in this league like, this year. You see how as much as I like Justin Fields, that just mushroom stamp. The Bears, the Bears <laughs> just hung him out to dry this offseason. He's got the worst <laughs> offensive line in football if and I'm one wide like receiver to throw it to. I fake it. And his other wide receiver can collect social security already. So (laughs) yeah, almost. Yeah, that's right. And everyone's saying draft Cole commit because you know, path to targets means everything. And he's going to get the targets, but Hey, Trey Lance or Trevor Lawrence. Give me Trey Lance. I'll take the upside all day. I will do a hundred percent again, better weapons, better weapons, better coach too. better coach too. Yeah. I like it. A guy that can put you in position to win. 
the the only is thing he, that's... is he going to win the job though this is my problem right now yeah. is he winning this job oh yeah I, I still have to believe that the 49ers are just playing chess and they're holding on to jimmy g and waiting for somebody to get hurt and then they can get more for him yep. I, I don't well, jimmy g's they... not even throwing yet well, I'm just, that's what oh, I'm yeah, saying, but they're hoping like right. throughout the offseason, if somebody gets hurt, hey, we can trade you Jimmy G and get something for him because right now they're just not going to get anything. Yeah. See but Trey Lance Edelman. Is, the, is the deal, real deal. Boy Edelman talking shit on uh, I Am Athlete about <laughs> Mr. Garoppolo. I heard that. Man up, Jimmy, apparently. That's that's the word around the I league. I didn't see that. Oh, dude. Julian Edelman oh, yeah. was on I Am Athlete with Brandon Marshall and it's like LaShawn McCoy or somebody, I don't remember, Pac-Man Jones, whatever, and he was – he was throwing some shade the way of Jimmy G. Yeah, he was. He because they read a quote from uh, Martellus Bennett, and he was he Bennett is not a fan of Jimmy G whatsoever. Really and he's bad. like, wow, okay. He's like, he's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, I can see why he said those things, and it was pretty pretty rough. But hey, Josh Jacobs or Antonio Gibson? Who's Jacob? Josh Jacobs. <laughs> Ooh, no, no hesitation from these two. That's right? because Ron Rivera hates your fantasy team. Yes, he does. <laughs> That's just that's really the only reason. I just put out a nice video though, thinking that you know Gibby in the fifth round as my RB three. I'm okay with it. And I don't. I love Antonio Gibson. Like I don't think the issue is Antonio. Great player. It's the issue of oh they're gonna bring back JD McKissick. Oh they're gonna draft Brian Robinson. Oh he was already splitting touches. Like that's my issue. If Antonio Gibson could go out and get 250 touches a year, he's a lock for the top 12 every single season. Are we not afraid of the same thing in Vegas though when it comes to Zamir White and Kenyon Drake? Yes, but not uh, not in week one. Okay. <laughs> like that's my okay. biggest thing is I think that there could be that opportunity, but I think if it does happen, it's going to be at least a few weeks into the season where Antonio Gibson's going to lose touches starting right off the bat. Like he's just not going to get the full volume from week one and go on. Like they're going to split touches. I mean, we're going to see JD McKissick and Brian Robinson from the get go. I don't know if we see that right away. In Las Vegas, I still think we see a heavy dosage of Josh Jacobs until he starts to get banged up or whatever. Well, he doesn't have a contract for next year either. So even if he does get banged up, he's they got, don't I care. mean, is I mean Oakland's gonna I mean if he's playing well, he's gonna Who's play, Oakland? I think. I, yeah. Oh, did I say Oakland? Yeah, man. You were wow. Wow, Dude, that's back a, in like two years out of this, and I still did that. Wow. Damn. You're out there watching baseball. Jesus, man. Get it together. <laughs> I don't watch the athletics. Yeah, nobody Darryl does. Patterson or Miles Sanders. What's going on with these two gentlemen? He said Cordero Patterson or Miles Sanders. I sure did. It's gross, and I know. Did you see the interview with Miles Sanders where he came I out sure and says, "Don't draft me in fantasy. Like our offense doesn't work that way. Just don't, don't even draft me." Part of me thinks that's just like a little bit of smoke because it was like what two weeks earlier he came out and said he wanted more touches. So I mean, it's kind of like. You can't have one of the or one or the other. So let me say this. Are they both in the same ADP right now? Is that why you're asking these two names roughly, together? Roughly, roughly. So let me say this. This is kind of a what if with my team at this point. If I need a wide, like if I need a running back three at this point, like if I don't have that guy, I'll take Miles Sanders. If I've already got three running backs and I'm on a platform where Cordero Patterson has wide receiver and running back eligibility, I will take Cordero Patterson for the flexibility that he can offer me with my lineup later in the year. Miles Sanders is so good. He is. He is so, so good. good. He's very talented. And Nick 100%. Sirianni's Nick Sirianni's just like pointing you in the direction of his crotch every week because he's like, here, this is what I'm giving you. And it's it, when you look at the numbers for Miles Sanders and the efficiency and what he does when he gets the ball, it's great. He struggles staying healthy. That's a problem. 
but I don't know if that changes enough for me to where I still think Cordero Patterson is slightly safer because Atlanta has limited weapons. We could see him in the backfield and split out wide. So I probably lean Patterson, but not because I don't like Miles Sanders. This is my last year of Miles. I, him and Saquon, I don't know what you guys did to me up in Penn State, but you guys have injected Something me with some, some love juice, and I, I can't divorce y'all just yet, but I'm going to go with Miles this year. One last chance until he becomes a Buffalo Bill and teams up with James Cook and we wow. make a dynasty, but hey, that's wow. just you know how that things just happened. <laughs> Rojo or James Robinson? This is going to be a good one. Man, I really, I mean, you can't make me say Rojo. Like, you can't make I, me I can. audibly say this, can you? I can. Like, I, I know, that was that was the challenge. I think I kind of have to, with James Robinson coming off the torn Achilles, like just not knowing, and Travis Etienne being back, new coaching staff. I don't love Ronald Jones, but I think if I'm having to choose between these two, I just cross my fingers that. He gets a little bit of run, kind of feels what that Daryl Williams role was last year, and he can hold on to the damn football and, and hopefully get some touches And CEH has been somewhat of a, a disappointment for a lot of people the last couple of years. I'm going to toot my own horn here for just a second. You have a horn? But anyway. He just pinched I, his nipples. Nobody saw that. I saw that. I, yep. I'm scared. Yep, I was touching my nips. Nightmares, nightmares. I would like to say the number one James Robinson truther because I still remember mm. years ago, your boy may or may not have put something out saying own James Robinson and he went off. What probably one of my better calls. We all have like those calls that we made over the course of our analytical career where we're like, I remember that one. That's going to be one of mine for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't do it though. I can't do it. Undrafted free agent. Wow. Okay. So he doesn't have the draft capital. He, you've got the first round pick that your predecessor used, you know, so you, you have to find out what you have in Travis Etienne. You've got to get him the touches because you got to find out now or later, whether or not he's a guy that can do it. And I still think that he is a guy that can do it coming off the Achilles. Okay. There's just not enough in it for me this year, bad or bad team again. So how many running opportunities will there be? So just for me, I can't, I can't do it. I'll take a shot at Rojo potentially unseating CEH before I can do anything with James Robinson. And it hurts. It hurts me. It yeah, doesn't hurt as much as my down below read. No, I'm kidding. Well, why is that in pain? That's a take, topic. For take discussion. some pills. I need a topical ice. ointment right now. Oh, Go to the doctor. Damn. I want no part of that. Y'all be dirty. I don't know what happens up there in the Midwest. What the hell's going on? <laughs> Damn, but uh, crazy I Fourth of July. I got sunburned. <laughs> Fourth of July was off the chain, wow. apparently. <laughs> we'll sidestep that one because I think Rojo too. But we'll go to wide receivers. AJ, grown ass man, Brown versus T Higgins. Higgins, give me Higgins. I know he's it's, safer it's, in my opinion. It's crazy. It's crazy, but it's true. And I mean, it's they just tough don't throw to enough in Philadelphia. Even if they do, I mean, what was Hertz attempts last year for what? 450? The lowest in the league. That's all I know. Yeah. Right so, here. I mean, it's 425, 450. I'm looking it lower, up right here. Lower than that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to bet 415. 415 is your guess? That's my bet. He had 432. Boom. Very close. So, even if, let's just say, argument's sake, 35 more pass attempts this season. 
that gets him up to almost the 480 mark. Let's let's just say I, my math is probably bad. It's probably, let's get him up to the 480 mark and, okay. and let's let's call it a career. We still choosing T Higgins? Yep. Yeah. Because out of those 50 extra attempts, not all of them are going to AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. They're going to be spread out between Devontae Smith, Dallas Godare. I'm sure Jalen Regular will have an opportunity to drop a couple passes here or there. The Miles backs in the backfield, we have Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. Like if it was all saying, hey, we can get all these extra targets to AJ Brown, I'd be all in for it. But there's just they're just not. You know, I mean, they're not gonna throw it that much more, and not every one of them is going towards AJ Brown. And in order for him to be what we want him to be, he would need almost all of those. Because they didn't lose anybody. They gained an alpha wide receiver without losing any of their top receiving weapons on a team that already throws less than anybody else. So it's like, where are those targets going to come from? We want them to get in the neighborhood of 100 targets. Where is it going to come from? Like, it's going to have to be taken away from other people, but he's not going to get to that 100, and that's why I just can't do it. There's only really two things I think can happen with this. Either both of these, both Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown are okay, middling wide receiver two guys that won't win you any weeks, but they'll put up respectable numbers, or Devontae Smith completely disappears, and it's all A.J. Brown. That's the only way it can happen. Mm -hmm. I'm just not convinced in Hertz's passing aptitude as of yet. So he's got to prove it to me. I'll probably go T Higgins at this point, but Hey, that one hurts too. Juju or Gabe Davis potential breakout. Uh, I'll take Juju. Are we talking about safety? Right. This was safety. If it's safety, it's probably still going to be Juju because I think he racks up more receptions. I still think Gabe Davis probably outscores him though. Total because of the big plays and the touchdowns. So if you're talking about the safer floor, I can probably think that it's going to be Juju because I can see I can see Juju going out there and getting 10 targets a week. Maybe not doing a whole lot with them, but racking up eight receptions for 80 yards and an occasional touchdown is kind of where I see Juju pretty regularly. If I only gave you one statistic and I said that you could lock in Juju for eight touchdowns this season, is it still Gabe Davis scoring higher? Yes. It makes it a heck of a lot closer, though. It does. <laughs> it makes it a lot. So you're, know, so you're saying high. you think Gabe Davis goes over the eight? You're thinking it's got to be closer. To, we're thinking like double digits then for Gabe Davis, right? Because if we're saying Juju has the the better opportunity for volume and numbers in that way, like those catches, those possible receiving yards, if if we're saying that Gabe Davis stills outscores outscores him with ten with eight touchdowns, the Gabe Davis has got to be at like ten, right? Yes, and it's going to be 9 to 10, but I think that Gabe, the reason why it's going to be more yards for Gabe, I think Juju could have like 90 receptions for like 550, where Gabe will be like (laughs) 60 for like 850 and nine touchdowns or 10 touchdowns. Uh That's kind of where I imagine 500 receiving. Seriously, he does not have Tyreek Hill wheels, and they're gonna try to do the same shit, and it's not gonna happen. It'd be one of the funniest seasons of all time. That would be like an absolute stat line. How many yards per yards per 120 targets, 90 receptions? Dude's barely a wide receiver. Three, dude, that's five yards of reception. That's like that's he's basically playing running back at this point, getting five yards a touch. Sorry, Juju, I think I'm doing you dirty, but hey. Oh, last one I got Jarvis Landry or teammate rookie Chris Olave CO2 baby. What are we doing? Safety. Gotta be Jarvis. Yeah. If it's safety. This is I think this is another one of those situations though, 
where I could see Olave outscoring Jarvis, but Jarvis 100%. being safer. I can say 100%. the same thing almost right here because yeah. I, I think Olave is the bigger, the more big play guy, the guy that has the opportunity at more touchdowns. If Mike Thomas misses six Ooh. plus games, I called him Mike. Michael Thomas misses six plus games. I'll go Olave. If he plays a full season, I would want Landry. Because I think Michael Thomas takes from Olave a little bit more than he would take from Landry. Not much. Mm. Enough for me to float towards Landry, though. I don't even Safety. know if Michael Thomas cares about football anymore. No, I don't think That's so. That's the thing, man. And like posting that video the other day of running routes, I'm like, people are like, see, he looks good. I'm like, that's what every wide receiver in football is doing right now. No, he I was does like, not I can do it. that. <laughs> I've okay, seen well, Jake do it against me. I saw it first person right there in my face. Right. Yeah. I could totally do that. And I'm fat and old. It just wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like it was like super crisp routes or anything like that. I mean, yeah, he doesn't look hurt anymore if that's what you wanted, but I don't want to see a non-hurt Michael Thomas. I want to see a dude that's damn near a hundred percent. Like there's no reason he shouldn't be there right now. Did Chris Olave keep his number two? Please tell me he did. Oh, I don't know. Isn't James Winston number two? Damn it. He's wrecked my nickname. It was CO2. Now it's no longer. What is his number now? 12. CO12. CO12. You know, I'm actually sitting here and I'm watching the routes, the the video that Michael Thomas posted. And the first thing that comes to my mind is he still can't plant off that foot. Because every one of his routes are like running half circles. Mm -hmm. He's not cutting at all. He's not planting his foot and going anywhere. They're all rounded. And to me, that makes me worry a a little bit. Yep. Because not that he's not going to be, he couldn't be good, but he's not going to be what he was. And people still expect almost 2000 yard Michael Thomas. We're looking at like 800 yard Michael Thomas. It's been two years, man. And you can't get your foot straight. Like, I'm sorry. That to me is either you're really not trying, you're milking your money or you're really, really hurt, man. So there's no in between here. Yeah. No. But yeah, I'm, I'm passing. Me too. But that's all I got, fellas. Perfect. And there glorious, we go. Kyle's got to go put ointment Wednesday. on his nether region. Yeah. Because it got burned on 4th of July. Apparently. Go, yeah, Figure that out. Cocoa shea butter with some aloe vera. Mm. Awkward. The wife lady is not going to be happy with you, man. And a box fan. Got to include I wonder what fan. would happen if you accidentally mistaken the aloe vera for the lotion. Burns. Mm. Does it? Burns. I don't know. I've never been burned there. <laughs> Chouse is like, oh, I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, burns. I know exactly burns. what you're talking about. Don't Dude, mix t- them. Last thing I'm going to say. I'm only going to ask a question. I did this in high school because I was young and stupid. Did you ever, either one of you guys, in your athletic careers, ever have it cross your mind? I mean, I'm talking younger years. I'm not talking about 18, 19, 20. I'm talking like 12, 13, 14, 15. You pull a groin muscle and think that it's a good idea to put Icy Hot on. Any of you guys ever done that? I've never put Icy Hot on my groin. Oh, my God. I'm talking like I put it on. And it wasn't, it wasn't 30 seconds. I was like, I got to get in the shower now. <laughs> and that and when, shit doesn't just wash and off. When you, and when the shower water hit it, it burned even worse. It was, it was like the color of Chouse's hat. I was just like the, the stupidest <laughs> idea I have ever had in my entire life. Oh, yeah. Pulled my groin muscle playing basketball. Huh. 
I put Icy Hot on other things. It's got to work down there. Well, not when it hits the twig no. and two berries, does it feel very good? No, you're out of commission for weeks. Dude, now. I was in pain. No. I remember my mom coming to the bathroom door back. Are you okay? I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> just, just, just leave. No, mom, go. <laughs> Get the ointment. Yeah, it's not a good day for me. Oh, man. But nevertheless, let's get the hell out of here. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in to all listeners. Thank you for all the support. And until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.